Tell me about binary thinkers. So I guess this idea comes from the whole framework of without the box in that people are normally, when you have a very simplistic view of something, rather you can tell you have a very simplistic view of something when you think in a very binary way about it. And by binary, I mean it's black or white. Binary is the whole zeros and ones from binary code. And so black and white means it's this or it's that. Um, some examples that come to mind are, say, something like, I, I've been a subject of this because I talk and think a lot about education. So in a lot of people's minds, <laughs> Joe is against university or something like that. And that's an example of binary thinking. Uh, really, you can't lump up one thing and call it university and say that I'm against it. It's just such a ridiculous thing. It's like saying I'm against India or I'm against uh, China or I'm against America. It's like you're talking about billions or, th or millions of people. There's so many different you know, parts uh, to, to this whole. But people normally form views like that. They form views in absolutes, especially when you're not, you know, when you don't look deeply into an area. So though I might explain my stance on like, well, you know, university is a tool for something and it probably is given a much bigger role than it wants or, or warrants. It's not designed to help you find your calling in life. It's designed to help you get qualification in an area primarily and secondarily provide a sort of campus or environment normally. Again, that's very different depending on where you are in the world to socialize yourself into, you know, these career related experiences and groups. And so, you know, it depends Would that meet someone's objective. And so it's actually, it's a non-stance on university. It's actually just a question like what's the situation. And so a binary thinker on something like education or post high school hears that and goes, they're trying to put me in two buckets and they only have two buckets. You're either this or you're either that. And based on the explanation, they just put me in whichever bucket they think it falls into. Do you think it is that primarily because it's easier to do that rather than think it through and investigate a little further? Or do you think it goes a bit deeper than that? Probably a combination. The human brain works on heuristics. It looks for shortcuts. That makes sense because your brain is a part of nature and nature is always trying to be conservative with its resources. So you don't have endless brain power. The example is what they call the cocktail party effect. If you've ever been at a party, you're talking to, say I'm talking to you, I'm only focused on our conversation. There's a million conversations, but my spotlight of attention is on you. I, can't, I don't know what everyone else is saying, but then I hear my name. So I hear my name and I turn, which is a very common phenomenon. So have I been listening to that conversation the whole time? And then I've just detected something that's relevant because I've heard my name and, and turned. So it's this funny thing about human attention. So your brain has heuristics help your brain think because you can just form a shortcut of thinking. This is what a big part of, I'd say something like racism is. You know, we were designed to be tribal. So the mind was designed for much simpler tasks than it takes on now, rather than contemplating whole, a whole geopolitical landscape. And it's easy to form the assumption that these type of people are bad these type of people are good. 
So we, we come up with all these different things and that's why I, I'll hear someone, you know, um, making very prejudiced comments against a particular race or religious group or something like that based on interaction with a very small sample of that population and forming a generalization on the whole. The binary thinking is just easier and it's lazier, but your mind, your brain is designed that way. It needs to be trained. I think if it's really going to question, it has to be conditioned otherwise. Lady Gaga is a fascinating person and she talked about how she doesn't really perceive gender or appearance or things like that when she looks at people because having grown up in New York, New York rather, she argues it's just such a diverse place that people are just so different. Therefore, you don't really look at people, whereas, you know, the stereotype of the typical kind of racist is, you know, a kind of country town, conservative, only used to dealing with a certain type of people. And again, you could bring in DeMello, like a lot of fear of the unknown. But the unknown means that they haven't had exposure to it, which means they haven't had the chance to investigate it, get curious about it. They make a judgment based on very little information. Uh, so I think that's really the common example. But I would also link binary thinking to a lot of the earlier themes around people's ideas and how they form them and, and why they hold on to them. And that if you're going to think about, if you really attach to an idea on, on the identity level, for example, um, you know, I was a good husband because I did this because I provided for my family rather than spend time with them. Then any, any other assumption that needs that core assumption, you're going to heavily invest in that idea. So for example, that might look like men after high school should go into a good, honest profession where they can earn so they can provide for their family. Now, why are you holding on to that idea? Because if you have to release that idea, that means that you invested, say, a few decades very poorly, which means you probably lived your life the wrong way. So you're given this idea you need to uphold to maintain the story that you want to tell yourself. And again, the, the, less, the less we want to think and the more emotional we want to be about something rather than rational, the more likely binary thinking is. It was this or it was that. Yeah, interesting. That's some good examples as well, Joe. Um, have you, I might just do a slight little tangent. Have you read Thinking Fast and Slow at all? I haven't had the pleasure. Okay. I've heard of it. Okay. there. I'm going to butcher this because I just started, I just started reading it, but essentially there's, he, um, he explains the brain as two different systems, system one thinking, which is sort of that automatic astro thinking and system two, which is your analytical thinking where you actually have to take a step back and it's a much more manual process to override that component. And um, it's interesting because a big point early on in the book is the fact that when you have an, when you have an idea or a belief, um, system one can kick in because it's already familiar to you. And if you're not careful, because that already feels familiar, you won't you won't kick system two into gear and actually, because it's, it's actually mentally straining and uncomfortable. So that simple force stops people from engaging in difficult concepts and topics. I found that really interesting as it's, that sounds spot on. Yeah. It's very like, and it was, I say I'm butchering it simply because it's very scientific, goes into a lot of detail, but that's, Eloquent. Mm. yeah, that's the, yep. um, that's the example I can tie back into that. But, um, oh, I think that's fantastic. If I may take that a bit further, mm. um, I think that is a very, very good 
and concise way of thinking about it. I frequently talk about the idea of our, our thinking and our minds as a muscle, as if they were a muscle and the exercise. So if you read, I'm working on a, say a very long form, complicated blog post at the moment, you know, rise of the private ecosystems. And you know, for the average person, you know, reading that, it's probably going to hurt your head. Like not to, not to say that I'm kind of, you know, um, a, a crazy great, you know, writer on that sort of thing. It's, it's kind of a little bit of a, it feels a bit more academic than what I normally write. But then when I've read something that's really technical or something, someone sent me something that's about deep web or, or any, any kind of really difficult, it hurts your brain. You know, that feeling of how it just hurts your brain. And I compare it to having 500 pounds just dumped on your back on your first gym session. Like you will actually be able to handle that if you're willing to build up to it. But it definitely hurts because your brain doesn't yet have the muscles. It hasn't worked out enough to build that capacity to hold that sort of weight. And the more complex ways of thinking, etc., are exercise. So what is the exercise? The exercise would be something like this podcast, right? Which is a bit more tearing things apart that you normally think about. Uh, it would be doing your own writing, even if you don't publish it but just doing your own regular writing habit. It would be having open-ended conversations like the conversation Luke and I are having now that we have off camera, that we have in the constant student all the time. It'd be doing those very often with very different types of people that you don't normally talk to on an everyday basis. That'll keep stretching and stretching, stretching. That'll keep exercising all the different muscles of the, the mind and the mind rather than the brain. The brain would be the uh, the, the sort of physiological name of the organ, the mind is a con construct, it's a concept, but that's the kind of, that's the part that's kind of functioning. That's the, that's the complicated thing we're always using to navigate this, listen to that. So I think that that is a fantastic example, which ties into it. And my point, my point with binary thinking is that it's incredibly dangerous. You get very, very limited decisions. Uh, when people on a very high level of binary thinkers that have politicians and leaders and leaders of large corporations and stuff, they're making decisions that impact millions or billions of people. Very dangerous. You know, for example, Jews are bad. Non-Jews are good, uh, etc. So you think about why people think that way and it's very heavily kind of not rationally ingrained. Really, there is no... My point with this, I'd say, is that there is no idea or set of ideas that really is binary. Apart from literally, I'm looking at my desk right now, and my phone is literally black, but the desk I'm looking at is white, just like the cupboards behind me are literally white. But again, that's still perception. You know, we've just labeled this thing white, and what you look at and call white might not be the same as what I look at and call white. So even that is questionable. But there's very few things. Uh, religion, you know, is it black or is it white? Are you a Christian or an atheist? Is it that simple? Or is there, is there no grade in between? You know, we've drawn these lines up for things, you know, am I good at sport or am I not good at sport? At what point do you become good or bad at sport? Are there not grades? Is the whole thing not a continuum? Am I good at music? Am I good at singing? Well, it depends on who you're going to compare me to. So how can I say that I'm a singer or I'm not a singer? It's, it's a choice and it's just a choice to actually accept where you might be on a particular spectrum and everyone is on every spectrum 
for everything, the failing is only one of the failing is only a perceptual one. It's not real. It has no basis. 